Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, this is Oilers Now. And the Edmonton Oilers have made it official this morning. Jay Woodcroft flying uh, today. Uh, we'll have him on tomorrow on Oilers Now. Jay Woodcroft signing a three-year contract extension. We want to tell you that guests in Oilers Now receive your certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. They are open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. Tell Chris and Brendan that Oilers Now sent you. As we bring aboard... Sportsnet spec, Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Racetrack Friday and Saturday. Free parking and admission. For more info, visit thehorses.com. Spec, how are you? Bobby, that was the signing I think we all expected. Wasn't yes, it? give me your thoughts on it. Well, it's to me, this was a, you know, I hate to call it a no-brainer, but what are you going to do? Go find a coach that's better than one? that. What did he go, Bob? 725 winning points percentage? Yeah. Uh, it's time with the Oilers. He took a team that was teetering on the brink, steadied them, made them better in a lot of important areas, the areas that you need to win, like goals in your net, uh, settled out their special teams, took them down the stretch run very successfully, won two rounds of playoffs. So you're not going to hire that coach? <laughs> I think you're going to hire that coach, Bob. <laughs> here, are the, here are the numbers again. 26-9-3, and three, that's a 7.24 winning percentage, second best in the NHL, plus 40 goal differential, second best in the NHL, fifth in goals for, fifth in goals against, ninth in the power play, eighth in the PK, and in five-on-five five, uh, goals for, the Oilers had a 56.02% share, fourth in the NHL. So they did it at even strength. Uh, now, the additions of Hyman and Kane changed the complexion of the Oilers' forward units. Uh, really, the only player, when you look at the team, Mark, there is only one guy that really didn't kill it in the back half of the season. Everybody else kind of spi- you know, took a, a, a step forward. There was only one player that kind of uh, floundered a bit in the back, back half of the year. And we've talked about this guy a ton, and you know who that is. Yeah, well, listen, the rising tide, right? The team gets better. The team gets more stable. Everybody's numbers improve. Everybody has a better goal differential when there's less pucks going in. And the goalies feel more confident when there's not as many grade-A chances. Look, I'm watching the first two games of this Cup Series, and I'm looking at, at Vasilevsky letting pucks in, and I'm thinking maybe Smith wasn't as bad as we all said he was, right? So when when Woodcroft comes in in February and steadies the boat, look, so Pogliarvi doesn't have a good run. Well, you know, he'll, he'll get better, I'm sure. That The important thing is that out of 23 guys, 22 of them improved their game and their state, and the team improved its game and its state. And, it's you know, it's on the players. It's on the GM for making the right ads. But 
don't tell me it's not on the coach who walked in the door and had a pretty steady hand on this rider, Bob. Woody had a pretty good start to his NHL career, and by all accounts, it looks like it's going to be a long one. All right. Well, I mean, it was interesting, right? You take a look at Mike's. I mean, the team save percentage was third under Jay Woodcroft. Now, I do not expect that to. I mean, if they're third from the start of day, day one next season in save percentage, Mark. They're going to finish. They'll finish in the top five in the NHL because this team can score. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they're third. Uh, you look at Tyson Berry, absolutely floundering uh, at times and completely got settled down. Now, especially once they added Kulak on the back end as well, that helped yeah. too. The, the the flip of Nurse and CeCe together and then playing Keith and Bouchard, even though Keith and Bouchard had some tough moments against Colorado. Guess what? Victor Hedman had tough moments against Colorado in game two. Colorado can do that to you. The reality of the situation is one game, one game is all that uh, Tippett and Playfair gave uh, Keith and uh, Bouchard together before Jay and and Dave Manson came in here. And we should mention Dave because he's a big part of this. So you you look at the – it was a different defense. They flipped the pairings around. They got more mileage. And then even Speck, even – like I was stunned – with what Derek Ryan had to say. Like, when I when I thought of the guys making comments about the positive impact of the coach, I got to tell you, I didn't have Derek Ryan as being one of the guys that was the most vocal about how much better it was. That kind of shocked me a bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Derek, well, Ryan is a, he's a cerebral guy, right? Like, we both know him, uh, you know, having interviewed him many times now. He's a very cerebral player. He knows he'll be a coach if he wants to be a coach, right? Uh, he went through a, a laundry list of things that had improved. I know I'm going to say this, and, and you know, having, having spoken to Ryan several times, he wasn't afraid to give you the impression he wasn't a big Dave Tippett fan. I think yeah. I can say that with all certainty. I'm not putting words in his mouth. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I remember asking him about Woodcroft to try to dig in on what was getting better, and he listed off about a dozen areas of the game, and I'm talking, you know, deep, uh, deep coaching areas that, you know, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but, oh, my goodness, I mean, from zone exits to, to you know, the different deployments to different systems to changing up lines at the right time to everything, uh, a smart player could see a smart coach. And I think that's why Ryan was one of the most vocal. Now, we do have people texting. Spec, we're only going to keep you for a half hour today because we're not in person side side by side. And I wanted to get some fan uh, feedback going on this. Uh, So we are going to open up the text lines. And we have some people already concerned. Why didn't they announce the rest of the staff? Just as you and me both thought, hey, 100%, we knew that Jay Woodcroft's coming back. I think it's safe to say 100%. What did he call Dave uh, Manson? His ride and die or you know, reference Connor talking about Leon like that? Like we both fully expect Manson back as well. We do. We do. And and Woodcroft inherit, inherited uh, Gullitson. So there's two things here. You know, Gullitson's a former two-time NHL head coach. And he got looked over for the head coaching job here in Edmonton. They hired Ken Holland, hired Woodcroft instead. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to say that's the wrong decision. But I'm looking at, you know, the question A is, uh, yeah, Woodcroft's going to want Manson back. I'm very sure of that, too. Uh, I assume he'll want Dustin Schwartz back, but that's only an assumption. And I don't know if he wants Gullitson back. And, And the other thing I don't know, Bob, Gullitson might want to go somewhere else where he thinks he's got a better track to being a head coach one day. 
So, you know, let's say this. They're going to announce Woodcroft and Manson tomorrow. Uh, They might announce one of the other guys. I'm not sure they'll announce a whole staff. They may announce that someone's left. I mean, that's what happens when you get a new coach. The assistants won't always stay the same, Bob. You know that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mark Spector, SportsCent Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. So, Spec, um, do you think, and I asked this of Jay Woodcroft in his end-of-the-season presser, and sort of did a, and compared it to, because you know I love football, and compared it to the progression specifically that we see in college football where the game, uh, you know, the playbook gets added to as the season goes on. They add more and more subsequent options and looks yeah. as you put in the base offense and then you grow it during the year. And in fair, I, I think one of the things that Jay did is he came in and he focused on the singular, right? He taught, we worry about today's game and we worry about one aspect of things. You know, obviously the Oilers played tighter defensively, gave up way fewer A-grade scoring opportunities under under Jay Woodcroft. And the team did a better job backtracking and supporting their defense with their forwards. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm excited to see what Jay Woodcroft can do with this group starting from day one. What about you? Yeah, it's a whole different thing for sure. You know, a coach that shows up on the first day of training camp and and begins the process you're talking about, Bob. It does happen in hockey. There's no doubt. This isn't football where you give guys a bunch of new plays on Monday and you got four or five days to work on them. Right? It's different in hockey. You don't get as much time to coach. You don't have the players' attention as much. There's not as much time to to stack new game plans on old game plans. But yeah. He'll lay down his foundation in training camp, and now he'll have seven or eight months to build on that instead of what? February, March, April, and May. Um, and part of those games, those games are so important. You're not going out and stretch run games with a new forecheck plan very often, are you? So, yes, uh, it will be interesting to see him get a full eight-month crack at coaching the National Hockey League team because, you know, we all know what his strengths are. His strengths is preparedness. His strengths are game planning. He's a cerebral guy, uh, a coach's coach, right? Uh, I'm interested to see a coach's coach with a much longer runway, Bobby, than he had last season. Yeah, no question about that. All right, so uh, someone said to me, one of the greatest players in the game, said to me, you know, Stoff, this guy has a chance. I go, don't say it. He goes, this guy has a chance. Somewhat similar trajectory, a little bit, because he, think of the guys that come up out of the farm system of their organization. I go, don't say it. And he said, all I'm going to tell you is John Cooper. I go, don't say it. (laughs) But he he said, John Cooper inherited star players when he went to the NHL to Tampa Bay, they had star players, right? They had big-time star players when he got that opportunity. And, you know, think about it. I mean, Barry, you know, Barry uh, Melrose was the initial coach of Stamkos, and then they ended up with Rick Tockett going in there. And, and then yeah. Cooper, eventually, Cooper eventually got that opportunity, right? But he knew the players in the minors that could help him. And he inherited the star players. And he, and he said, that's what every organization is looking for, Stoff, is these guys that just as you draft and develop players, you got an opportunity to develop a coach. What do you think of that, Spec? Well, that's fair. Like, uh, that's absolutely the best. There's two things here. And you and I agree on this. I want a lifetime coach. I want a guy that's been coaching a long time. Right? I, I don't want a guy that's just 
you know, first head coaching job is in the NHL. I want a guy that's been slugging it out and been going through junior. You know, a guy like Bedner, a guy like Woodcroft, a guy like Cooper. Those are the coaches yeah. that I want. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is you're looking at a young coach who's clearly ready for his opportunity. He shows up in Edmonton. He's not nervous. You know, he goes in against Todd McClellan, his old mentor. He said and did all the right things, made the key coaching moves in game six of that thing that that enabled his team to pull that series out of the fire. He performed. As a head coach, Woodcroft performed, right? He's ready. He's ready for the job, man. And now throwing the fact that he's got – a bunch of horses, you know, he's got a pretty good hockey team. It's not perfect. He's got a pretty good hockey team. And he looks like he knows, you know, they know what to do. The the Keith Bouchard pairing ball was, was you know, uh, turned out to be perfect. Uh, Nurse and Cece together turned out to be a really good fit, you know. So Charlie or Dave Manson's, he's in on this stuff too. The two of them together, they know what they're doing. And, and why not? I don't, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be John Cooper, but I see no signs that this these couple of coaches aren't ready to take a team over the top. They they certainly took Edmonton further than anyone thought they'd go this year. Yeah, well, and, and in Cooper, the guy I miss, by the way, in Cooper's case, I, I miss Guy Boucher because uh, he was the coach. Yeah, Guy Boucher was there, of course. He was there, so it would have gone Melrose, Tockett, and then Boucher. And then Cooper and Ben Bishop was their goaltender. Uh, and he actually, you know, he came up late in his first season. They missed the playoffs. They were already out of it at that point when they fired Boucher. Now, Boucher had a very passive forecheck. That's one of the things I remember about him. So it's going to be, yeah. and I guess the comparison that was made to me was your coach is inheriting star players, some of whom who he coached before, and he knows the players in the system better than anybody else, as opposed to bringing in an external coach. That you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply doesn't know the players. All right, uh, we're going to hit on a couple quick hitters when we return. Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. I want to tell you that the end of the year, Oilers merchandise sale is taking place Friday, June 24th. That's this Friday and Saturday, the 25th, from noon to 6 at Ford Hall at Rogers Place. Open to the public, 50% off on all home and away jerseys, 50% off on all playoff items, and up to 50% off on select Oilers apparel and 
novelties. Uh, and a reminder, all season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, they're the best. Everybody knows that. They're the best at what they do. We bring uh, Mark Spector back in for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing at Century Mile. Racetrack Friday and Saturday with free parking and admission. More info at thehorses.com. All right, Spector. Hey, Bobby. Yes. Hey, Bobby, is there any truth to the uh, rumor that there's a Bob Stoffer dunk tank at that event this weekend at Fort Hall? I don't know why you did that, but now you've given me carte blanche to go this route, so I'm going to. This text comes to us from Randy. Always amusing to hear Spectre come on and praise a coach for his team's performance, but never once would listen to criticism of Tippett when he was employed, always pointing the finger at the players. Work harder, try harder from Randy. All right, wait a sec, Randy. I just got to say, Spec, I'm going to tell you a little story. We had a guy called Stoney call the show when the Edmonton Oilers were 16-6 and six and say the team needed to fire Dave Tippett at 16-6. and six. Yep. The Edmonton Oilers, at 16-5, and five, the Oilers had the best winning percentage in the NHL. Now, I think you and me both knew, okay, a lot of this was special teams. Five-on-five five was a wee bit of a concern. Goaltending was a, you know, Mike Smith's health was a concern. Um, but Stoney basically called me out on the air and said, if you can't see what's going to happen here over the next month and a half, well, guess what, Spec? I didn't see the Oilers going 2-11-2 after starting the season 16-5. You know that book I've taught you about writing? You know you know that book, right? Yep. All the stuff I knew that I couldn't say. Uh, yep. I'm gonna, like, this season alone is going to be like four chapters because it was a bizarre <laughs> year. So I'm going to give you a bit of a – because I didn't necessarily – I didn't think that Jay Woodcroft would go 724 in the final 38 games. I thought he could go 600 because I thought the team could go 600. Um, and I was stunned by what transpired. And there is no question. So I'll give you a bit of an out on it, Mark, only in a sense like I'm going to be the first one to admit. When Stoney called me and blasted me on the air, I basically was ready to hang up. I'm like, like seriously, you want to fire the coach at 16 and 6? We're going to fire the coach 10 games over 500. Yeah. So Stoney obviously is a, a what, do, what do they call it a, a prognosticator or what's the guy yeah, that can see into the future? You know, I mean, or, or was he just lucky? Everyone's for firing the coach all the time. I'm I'm here to tell you when they fired Dave Tippett in that week before they fired him. I you can look it up. I wrote a piece saying the last thing this organization needs to do is fire another coach. Every time times get tougher on here, they fire a coach. That's what I wrote, and I was wrong. Okay, Woody is was a good move by Ken Holland. Smart play. The columnist got that one wrong. But every week of every month, there's someone firing the coach out there, Bob. There's a new Stony every week here. How many times they want to well, fire Ken Holland around around Edmonton, right? Did Ken Holland do a good job this year? Yeah, I think Ken Holland did a pretty good job this year, three rounds deep. So sure, good for Stony. He got one right. You know, I'd like to know if Stoney was making a prediction every two days of a hockey season, the way you and I am, what his record would be come May and June. So here's here's what I want, pal. Here's what I want. Here's what I want everybody to think about because I know the fans are on board with Jay Woodcroft. I know they're happy that Jay's gotten this opportunity and he's getting the extension. But the first time the Oilers win, you know, only three out of ten games or two out of ten. Are we firing him, too? We're not firing him, okay? No kidding. It's that simple. Now, and there's one thing that Dave Tippett did do well. He had Edmonton to go early in the seasons. Now, 
in, and, and I'm, we're talking full years. So 1920, the Oilers started the year 5-0, and and this past year, the Oilers started the year 5-0. and I'm going to put a caveat on the bubble year in 21, and I think the Oilers might have won – I don't know. They, I think they went one and one against Vancouver to open the year, but Mike Smith was hurt, as we recall. And so uh, that is, you want to get off to a good start. It's no different than tonight. The Edmonton Oil Kings start the Memorial Cup. You want to win that first game of the Memorial Cup, right? It puts your team in a way better place uh, carrying forward. And I so spec. There you go. I don't want to hear from people halfway through next season if the Oilers are sitting there in seventh, eighth, or ninth in the Western Conference. Damn it, we need to fire Jay Wood. I don't want to hear that a year into the guy's tenure. You know what I'm saying? You're going to hear it, Bob. You're going to hear it. You heard it when they were getting beat up by Colorado. This coach is getting out. Coach, get rid of him. I saw it on Twitter. It's out there. So this is my whole point. It's awesome. Fans are fans. They have their fun. They fire people. They, you know, whatever. That's You pay your money, you get to say whatever you want. But don't, you know, the only time that I'm going to defend my craft and my colleagues and myself is I'm making a prediction every day of every year, darn near. That's what I get paid to yeah. do. If you're asking me to go 100%, I ain't going 100%, Bob. Some of them are going to be wrong. But don't come at me for, with Stoney, who I've never heard of in my life, who made one prediction one day in his life, and now we're giving him credit? Hey, where's the track record on that? Sorry, in, Tom. Back in 2013-14, I went to go watch Griffin Reinhardt play at the Oil Kings. I probably seen him at that point 60 times. The Oil Kings were 30 and five with Reinhardt in the lineup. And they weren't at that, you know, they weren't winning six out of seven games the rest of the time. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, you know, this guy's got a chance. I, I compared him to Serge Savard, okay, after Serge had the two broken ankles, right, where he played that heady, smart game, wasn't like, explosive. How, wait, wait, how long after he broke his ankles, Bob? Like three days or six months? <laughs> Okay. okay, Johnny Smartass, I'm trying to do you a solid here. So here you go. People forget this. We used to have Craig Button on the show. He yeah. actually suggested during the 2014 Memorial Cup when Edmonton ended up knocking off Guelph and it was an upset and Reinhardt was the steadying influence on an Oilers back end, Oil Kings back end. Dyson Mayo is the only other guy to play in the NHL off that defense, okay? And he's he, he said, I wonder, you know, you've got uh, – You've got Nugent Hopkins, you've got uh, Taylor Hall, you've got Everly, you've got uh, Yakupov, uh, you got Nurse coming on the back end. He goes, I wonder whether or not you consider moving the number three pick for Griffin Reinhardt who went number four. He did. He suggested it on the show. Mm-hmm. I So, you know what? I'm not going to – I thought Griffin Reinhardt in 2014 had a chance to play in the NHL and play six or 700 games in the league. So I was, I can't believe, and, and all, of that, right? all of that stuff, Bob, all of those things, you know, the, I thought, listen, and Button, and Button thought it too, and Button thought it too, and do you, you, know, the, you recall who Edmonton took third that year, Mark? And Dreisaitl, yeah. I forget. Yeah, Dreisaitl. Yeah, so there you go. And none of us uh, thought hey, it'd be that good. I, the predictions business, go, and I love it. I love doing it. I'm happy to write a piece tomorrow talking about Woodcroft and how it's a great idea, and I don't think this will happen, but if they're firing eight months, someone's going to dig up the piece I write and go, look, Spectre, you don't know nothing. You said he was supposed to be good. That's our business. I'm happy doing it, right? We forecast players. Look at scouts, Bob. Look at the yeah. scouts. They're 100% paid to forecast players. They go to the draft. A team drafts 
six guys, how many of them play 100 games in the league? If you get two, you had a good draft, right? Oh, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly since 2015, the Edmonton Oilers are at, I believe, 37% rounds two through seven of uh, draft picks that have played at least one game in the NHL. And the league average since 2012 till 2018 is at 38%. The Oilers were below average uh, from 2012 to, 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 to 2015. They were below average. They've actually been a little bit better of late. Uh, by the way, on Drysaddle, I love Drysaddle in that draft year. You know that spec. Uh, I never thought he'd be as good as he turned out to be. Nobody did. Right? Nobody did. Look at look at Buffalo. They picked uh, they picked Reinhardt ahead of. Yeah, you no, know, not uh, not Griffin Reinhardt, but uh, Sam Sam Reinhardt. Sam, excuse me, they picked Sam Reinhardt. So there's a you know there's how that prediction go right? And the guys in Edmonton who picked Drysaddle, good draft. Did any of them think he'd be close to this good? Not a single one of them thought he'd be this good. <laughs> so that's the, the business, pal. I will tell you, Mark. After what happened with Reinhardt, I changed a little about what I do uh, involving WHL players. Want to know what I do now? I don't talk to people from the organization that had the player. I talked I talked to the former Alberta Golden Bear guys and guys that I've met in the Western League over the years that work for work for other, so if I want to know about Kirby Doc, I don't talk to Colin Priestner or Ryan Marsh who just left the Saskatoon Blades. I don't talk to them. I talk to you know, I'll talk to somebody who co- who coaches against Kirby Doc and that'll give me a better gauge, in my opinion, a truer gauge of what the player is. Oh, if I'm looking no for addition, right? When I want to find out, when I want to find out what the the pros and cons of Ryan McLeod's game are, I ask three or four scouts from different organizations. When I want to know what am I missing, like am I missing something on Yessi Pulyarvi? I go to I've talked to twenty different scouts that aren't scouting for the Oilers about Yessi Pulyarvi, and what happens is you start to get a bunch of common themes. 17 of them say one element of the game that's the same. And you go, okay, you know what? 17 scouts are probably right. So there's no question. A, we don't get a straight answer from, you go ask Woodcroft about one of his players tomorrow. He's going to tell you nice things. He's not going on the podium and carving up his players. That's not what he does. Yeah. You know, get a get an assistant GM from the Minnesota Wild in the press box over a cup of coffee, and he'll tell you what he really thinks. And right. then find 10, find 10 guys like that, Bob. Now you start to get a real read on what that player brings to the table. Bingo. And we got a lot of intelligent listeners. Make no mistake about it. And some of them got a sense of humor. Spec as we let you go here. Final word goes to Oilers Brad. Bob, I watched Matthew Kachuk play in the Memorial Cup, and I didn't think he could play in the NHL. He was too slow. Laugh out loud. Wrong, says Oilers Brad. Well, he was playing with a high ankle sprain in that tournament. And I went right up to Pete Shirelli after in the parking lot and said, we got to consider Kachuk at six uh, or at four. And uh, he kind of looked at me and said, have a nice day, Bob. <laughs> yeah. so, there you go. There right? you go. Like, there, there you, you go. have it. All right. Hey, Spec, awesome stuff. Thanks for your time. All right, bud. It's 1 o'clock. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.